Coffee Cup Conversations. 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 Welcome to Coffee Cup Conversations, the podcast from Toast Love Coffee, lovingly known as TLC. Toast Love Coffee is a community cafe in a super diverse area of Leeds. It's based on the idea that life can be a little bit better when you're having good food, good coffee and good conversation. In these podcasts, we'll be sharing stories and learning more about some of the people behind the cafe and the inspiration behind some of the wonderful work that we do. I'm Anna Dyson, founder and managing director of Toast Love Coffee, and our co-host is Chris O'Connor from the Mentality Podcast. Enjoy. On this first episode, I'll be talking with Anita Duja, who is the inspiration behind the whole concept that is TLC. Welcome to the Coffee Cup Conversations. Um, I'm Chris O'Connor. I'm joined with Anna and Anita. To start, I just thought it'd be nice to hear a bit about um, who you both are and how you met. Well, I'm Anna um, and I'm here because uh, my friendship with Anita um, was the catalyst that began my journey in creating a local community cafe in Hare Hills. Which is where we're sitting right now. It is, yeah. Um, in the floor above. Um, Anita, how about you? How did you get to meet Anna first? And yeah, what's your journey? Oh yeah, Anna and I, we met six years ago, more than six years. We met in Wakefield in a refugee camp. So, and since then, we became very good friends together. Uh, I came from Greece. From Greece? Yeah, yeah, I came from Greece with my son. Anna, if you, how, um, what were you doing in Wakefield at the time then? So, I was looking for somewhere to volunteer over Christmas. Um, and I was just asking around, really. And refugee asylum seeker work was always something I was really interested in, but hadn't really got involved in yet. I had three young kids. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas because I'm Jewish and I thought, well, at this season when everyone's so busy doing other things uh, around Christmas, doing things, um, I've got capacity, maybe I could help. So uh, that's how I ended up at the Christmas party, just helping out uh, at a centre in Wakefield for newly arrived asylum seekers. And that's where Anita was and with her young son, who's a similar age to my kids. Uh, So he was a toddler at the time. And uh, there was just this very... I felt very deep connection very quickly, even though Anita's English wasn't great and we'd never met before, but, um, you know, I was drawn to her and we started talking as much as we could. And I guess I just became addicted to, to going back to the center because there were all these people who, whose lives were in limbo, Mm. who were feeling really downtrodden and, um, excluded and the one thing that was the biggest gift it felt was the thing that I felt was the easiest to give, which was conversation and just eye contact and a bit of relationship building. Um, and I just kept going back over that Christmas period with little gifts and I took a carload of people. I just put it on Facebook, said anyone want to come with me Christmas Eve? And I had a car and one of them was a youth leader from my synagogue and she played games with the kids. And it was just such an easy mitzvah an easy uh good deed to do um and and it was so valued that's what really blew me away and then um 
Anita was relocated as as they are, as everyone is in the system. And she was relocated to Hare Hills, which is down the road from where I live. I live in Round A in uh, in North Leeds. And um, and it's also where my grandma grew up as a, the child of a Jewish refugee family um, about 100 years ago. So it just felt very pertinent that um, this friendship was meant to be explored further and uh, so I knocked on the door in January and um, I had no idea what reaction I was going to get. I didn't know if I'd overstepped any boundaries, if she would be happy to see me. I had no idea. And we had a big hug, didn't we? Yeah. And, uh, and really, you know, you could say the rest is history. We just hung out together a lot um, with the kids. I took them to playgrounds. We just spent a lot of time in my house, cooking, baking, eating, drinking coffee together. And um, after a year of friendship, we thought, you know what? I bet there are other people in the city who would enjoy these connections. We were in your kitchen when we said that. And I just, we're having a coffee and baking cakes together. <clears throat> and I just said to another, you know, we should do something. Like I was, I, I was so happy that I met her and uh, that I, I had a friend, you know, which she was there for me all the time. And I said to her, Imagine how, how good that would be for, for other people who mm. come here and they're alone and they don't have any family and having a friend like Anna, you know? And I said to her, you can do this. And she looked at me and she said, really? I said to her, yeah. And then I left her house and then after I think, a week you I said... Think I said, I can only do this with you. But after a week, that <laughs> it was just like, you know, we had the conversation, we said that. And then when I left after a week, Anna said to me, I have spoken to many people about this and uh, I think it's going to happen. Do you remember? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because often when people have these ideas, you know, you think, oh, well, it's a nice thing to say, but it's not going to happen. But a week later, Anna had mm. already started conversations, yes. speaking to people. So what happened then? Did you sound out like venues? Because it was a pop-up at first. It was it? a pop-up at first. Well, I think a lot of the story um, was things happened that were kind of out of our control. And yeah, I do yeah. believe that once you put something out there and there's positive energy, um, that energy makes something happen. So I just was talking, you know, I was very fortunate. I didn't have, um, well, I was unfortunate. I didn't have a job, but anyway, it was fortunate because I had capacity when the kids were at nursery to, um, to just talk and explore and meet with people. And it just felt like doors were opening, doors were opening. And, um, I was speaking to people in the refugee and asylum sector, uh, people in the third sector generally in Leeds, friends from the synagogue. And everyone said, this is a really good idea. Um, and then on Facebook, Facebook recommends, um, it, there was this project over in Armley, uh, called the real junk food project, which mm. at the time had 33 likes. I was number 34 and, um, I went down there, met Adam Smith and that was the, the connector for how we were actually going to make this cafe accessible because I had ideas of no pricing of, um, not, not having to force people to pay with money because I knew that would be a barrier. Um, and my husband said, well, you'll go bankrupt. <laughs> so I said, well, there will be a way there will be a way. So the real junk food project where we intercept food that would otherwise go to waste, um, ingredients and breads, pastries from local shops, uh, is the way in which we are able to offer food on a pay as you feel basis so people can come and be as generous as possible uh we we do not use the word free uh but we use the word um value you know please value please give this um as much as you can and people are very generous so that that was one piece of the jigsaw that seemed to fit very easily very quickly um adam was very keen for us to get involved and to be part of it 
Um, and, and then but that's completely free. Then you get you get this food. You intercept food that's basically going to be thrown away. Yeah, or it, or it's donated. And, yeah. And how so. much of that is there? Too much. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but um, food waste is a massive problem in the UK. A third of our food is wasted. Um, So we are part of the way in which we don't throw food away. So, So some of the food that supermarkets are throwing away, we can make use of. Uh, we we're vegetarian and vegan mainly because we're in a well we wanted to be as accessible as possible and we you know we we want to make sure Muslims Jews particularly and vegetarians and vegans feel happy and comfortable and I feel like you know meat eaters don't have to eat meat but vegans do have to eat vegan so um, you know we'll just offer really good healthy and healthy is important as well um, delicious fresh daily food. Um, yeah, menus, meals. Amazing, yeah. As you mentioned, it is kind of criminal the amount of food we waste in this country. Yeah. Um, when you think about, you know, homeless statistics and things like that, it is more needs to be done. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing that things like this and the Real Junk Food Project exist. And hopefully they'll spread out nationally. Are, are these things... Yeah, I think it's international now, actually, uh, according to Facebook. Cool. There's some, a couple <laughs> of positive Facebook stories oh, in there for a change Facebook. as well. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, at this point, you've got the idea. The idea is now... Coming into mm-hmm. fruition a bit, how do you go about getting the first site? And well, um, just talking to people about the network, and that's another th- thread really that will that goes through so much of the story is just by talking with people, building connections, um, putting yourself out there, being a bit vulnerable, um, really, because you don't you don't know how it's going to be received. Um, but it was through that that a friend said, well, I know someone in Hare Hills. Because I said, it has to be in Hare Hills. Um, it, it's really important. It's where Anita lives. It's where my grandma grew up as a Jewish refugee. It's it's down the road from where I currently live. It's got its reputation. I want to be part of a positive contribution to, to the area. Um, the diversity, all the wonderful stuff already going on. There just was a vibrancy there. Um, and a lot of asylum seekers and refugees also live live in this area. And, and so this particular friend said, oh, I know someone. So she introduced me to um, a local policeman who was involved in his own project, which was about young people in the area, helping get them off the streets, give them positive role models and um, and, and and give them activities to do, uh, you know, really um, on the uh, agenda of knife crime and all the, the youth problems. Anyway, so I was introduced to him and and that was our first venue was we we were we were offered their youth centre, which was a couple of porter cabins, uh, just once one morning a week, we got a bit of funding uh, to buy bits that we needed. We tried to source as much as possible from um, donations. But the uh, the day before we opened, I think we we had to go and buy an urn and a coffee yeah. machine. <laughs> but we'd managed to get cutlery, crockery donated and mugs. Uh, That's all we had, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. A toaster, a coffee machine. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, and the urn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was literally toast, love coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that oh, yeah, was yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, the toast is the toast. <laughs> life, the burning toast. Life is good when there's toast. Like mm-hmm. I just, there's something. I hope whoever's listening to this, it can just sit and enjoy that moment of that smell of that fresh toast with a bit of butter on it or whatever. Or vegan butter. Or vegan butter yeah. and a coffee and just that. That life is better already when there's toast and coffee involved and then you stick the love in the middle and then suddenly it's TLC. Perfect. And was that the name right from the start? Yeah. So what was the opening day like if you go back to that first time it was opening? It was busy because we were next to a primary school, which actually is the school Anita's son goes to. (laughs) 
And yeah. somehow the school had advertised it as a bit of a coffee morning for well, the parents. Good parents in, yeah. And they were about, I don't know, it's a big school, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we were overwhelmed by the first the first time we opened, I think. It was a bit too much, I think. Um but it was fabulous. And then and then suddenly the ball just started rolling. We had a Facebook presence, we had a blog. Um, and, and people wanted more, wanted more. So we ended up being twice a week and then three times a week. And then suddenly, um, the youth center were expanding and growing and offered us if we crowdfunded 10 grand, that that would be enough to bring over an extra porter cab into their new plans, which could be our permanent cafe. So we crowdfunded, we got the 10 yeah. grand, um, we got the porter cabin brought over and we, about six months later, we opened as the cafe of the youth center, um, attached to them. And then we were five days a week, all volunteers and a youth night yeah, as well. So the kids were getting involved as well. And there was healthy eating agenda with them and stuff like that. Um, and then about a year in, we realized that we needed to grow again and the youth center needed to grow again. They needed their own space with cafe and food and all the stuff they wanted to do with their young people and food. So we moved out and we, um, and we were looking for a new location and we, and, and we did some business planning and we thought maybe we really are a bona fide business now <laughs> and, uh, rather than playing and a hobby. And we found this location where we are now, which is brilliant. It's right on the corner where Roundhay Road meets Hare Hills Road. Uh, it's really visible. Uh, used to be the Leeds Building Society, if people want to picture in their heads. And, um, and we, we got that all signed off and we didn't crowdfund again, but we certainly needed to get some more money in the bank and um, did some work behind the scenes to to do to apply for grants and for private donations and things. And then we opened the day after my fortieth birthday. My dream was to be open before, but you know maybe I was being taught a lesson. Uh, so we opened on December the tenth, yeah. two thousand and eighteen. So. Um, yeah, now we're five days a week in our own building. And the ethos has remained the same throughout. It's yeah. a food that's otherwise going to go to waste. It's yeah. pay what you feel. Yeah. Um, it's very welcoming. I've been yeah. in a few times and even this morning we've seen two new people I think have come in and just sort of walked by and, and looked in and given it a go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. It's an amazing story. If I just jump back to the, the 10,000 raised crowdfunding, I'm sure a lot of people often have these sort of ideas and raising money is a really hard part. Are there any kind of tips or hints or things you did that kind of helped to raise that sort of money? Um, we made a video and actually what we said was the ideas, what, what we had, like what we wanted to do. We explained like how did all this start, uh, shared a little bit of our story. That's all really it was a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> Anita was the poster girl for the crowdfunder, but uh, no, the truth is it's really hard work for crowdfunding. Um, you know, I've been asked that question a few times. I didn't realise, but a lot of crowdfunders don't hit their target. Mm. So then don't get any of the money. So, and I, and I obviously we did first time round. So I didn't realise um, how hard it or uh, the, the struggles other people have had with it. So I would say you have to commit. It's not enough to just put one tweet out or one social media platform it's constant you know if you put 10 tweets out maybe one person might see one of them you know mm. it really is relentless and it's using the network as well um you know getting a team of people to really champion it and make it them feel like it's their own so for us volunteers have been the absolute 
lifeblood of of the cafe from the beginning. We do have a, a few members of staff now. We've got um, two and a half uh, to help with things behind the scenes and make sure that we've got responsibilities in place and, and health and safety and food hygiene and whatever. Um, but really, you know, t- volunteering is, is absolutely crucial um, to, to TLC. Uh, because it's giving people the opportunity to shine and to be part of something and to feel connected and to to give of themselves and to grow and, and become better for themselves and confidence building and all of that. So so with the crowdfunder, you know, we we had a, a, a real army of people going out there within their networks to really to really find that. So the and the other thing about crowdfunder is I'd say we knew. 95% of the people who donated. So you don't rely on the public. Like, yeah, we, I think we got an article in the Yorkshire Evening Post, but it, it that doesn't get you the money in. It's it's the network and it's it's really, it's the relationship. And that's what TLC has been all along is about, you know, for me, when I've, I've benefited so much from network and from people and I recognise the advantage that gives me and my family in so many ways. Um, professionally, you get chances. Uh, you know, my husband's professional and he will give people work experience. People he knows, you know, parents approach us and say, can my child have work experience? Sure, that's through network um, or through, I don't, you know, there, there's so many examples of, of network being the way in which um, things happen. So um, so for people to arrive in this country um, in, in circumstances beyond their control and have no network, you know, that for me was the real tragedy when I was meeting people that, at that Christmas party. And if I could find a way to to use my network to help them build network for themselves um, and just to feel buoyed up as I have done through community and through network, you know, that can only breed positivity. And that has really been the story all along and hopefully will really get us the result that we really need um, in the future, which I'm sure we'll come on to soon. And how do you go about finding um, some of the people who benefit from coming here? Because often, you know, people who, who are lonely or have come over, they might not know where to go. Is it just a case of you hope they walk by or do you reach out to places and, and try and find individuals or... So um, due to our location, we are right opposite the charity, um, which was the the charity who hosted the Christmas party. So it's a refugee and asylum seeker support charity called RITAS. So we've always had a really strong connection with them and they they have our flyers and they will point people, literally point to our where we are now and say, go over there and have a coffee. You will get a warm welcome there uh, or, or a meal or something. So we have that and we've, we need to do more outreach. So we had a bit of a delay with the flyers, but we now have really beautiful flyers. So one of the ways people can give if they don't have money to pay is, uh, which is invaluable, is they could take a wad of flyers and distribute them out and take them to the local supermarkets, the local shops, just on Round A Road, you know, literally where I can see out the window now, there's probably people who don't know about us. Um, so really to get that out and to, to do Facebook reviews and to use social media to really champion. You know, we want our customers and our volunteers to really champion the experiences that they've had here and to to, to build that out further. So we've, I think we're on close to 2,000 likes on Facebook and Twitter and Instagrams. I don't really understand. I'm too old, but, um, <laughs> you know, we, we've got an Instagram presence as well and the blog, people like reading it. So we're trying to use, we're trying to amplify what we're doing however we can. And this podcast is another way that we're doing that, uh, which we, you know, we want to reach people wherever they are. And if they're not local, you can be part in other ways. You can, um, you know, I, I've said to people, you know, if you, if you like what we're doing, actually just strike up a conversation with someone on the bus, 
or you know say hello smile at someone as you walk down the street because that could be the only eye to eye contact that person's had all day and that could make you know really make a difference to their outlook on that day and that that's really a, a massive thread for us um if i was asking you both what's been the most challenging element of the journey so far what would you say is there any moments you thought oh this isn't going to happen or it's too much work or the cafe or our story or uh the cafe first but then yeah we can open it up mm. uh, i don't think there was a moment when we really said that oh this is not going to happen whatever happened we had this plan we knew it that what we wanted even when we moved out from catch because we went to find a new place and to grow and then it was hard all this where we where we are now wasn't easy a easy journey you know but i don't think that in anna's mind or in my mind never went through that oh it's too much we really wanted this and we tried everything for this to happen you know we done everything so i don't know about anna but this is how 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 I looked at it and I was like, oh, Anna will find a solution for this. There will be a solution on that. You know, we don't know how. But you'll find a way. Yeah, but we'll find the way, but we didn't know how. There was moments where we didn't know what we're doing, how that was going to happen. That when we first walked into this building uh, and then we just looked around and we, we, I just looked at her and I was like, I said, is this place going to be a coffee? Uh, that we, can, we, can we make this happen? That was so old. <laughs> that I never believed this will happen, but you know, we just looked at each other and she wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, but we said, oh yes, we can do this happen. You know, there, we can make this, we can make that. But, yeah. yeah. It, it was a, it, it, it was in quite a state of disrepair yeah. when we took it on. And I think we were quoted 50,000 wow. pounds to refurb. Um, but again, through the network, through the net, and you can find this if you Google it and or look, look for it online. Um, you know, we had some very, very, very generous people in the building and property uh, industry in Leeds, really generous people who bought into our idea um, again through the network, you know, worked the network and um, and donated significantly and still are actually because I'm still sending them emails saying we never quite finished the first floor. <laughs> we have some vinyl for the toilet you know and uh, and and they're still being incredibly generous um so so people need to know that as well it's not just um the people you'd expect who've supported um it's a very very varied um ethnic and uh, professional and uh, political um diversity behind everything that we've done here it's really important to know that. Amazing. Um, and on the flip side, what's been the most rewarding thing that sort of jumps out in the journey for the, of the cafe so far? I, I keep talking about our volunteers and our, our volunteers are, have taught me so much um, because they come with their own stories, with whatever um, has brought them to our space and however they've turned up. And you know, we don't ask questions and we give people an opportunity to to shine and to grow. Um, and sometimes their stories come out and, and it's really humbling to know that the struggles and challenges some people have had, which have been really significant, um, that, that we have helped them, um, you know, overcome some of those challenges. We've been an anchor for them in the week. We've believed in them when sometimes they have not felt believed in before. We've given them a chance where others haven't. Um, you know, and, and, and that makes me so proud and humble that we can, can be that space for people to, to, to give them a leg up on their journey, whatever that journey, wherever that journey takes them. 
Um, I've heard of one volunteer who's just got a job, which is brilliant. Uh, obviously not great for us because we'll lose her, but uh, it's brilliant for her. Um, you know, other volunteers who've told me stories of, of how their life has changed since they've started being involved with us and the positivity and the, the you know, all sorts of ways that their lives have improved because we've helped them build them up. That's really humbling. And in the next few episodes, hopefully we're going to hear some of these stories yeah. um, and speak to some of these volunteers and, and get to the root of how this has helped them and how it's going to help them moving forward. And if I was asking you both now, um, in the next five years, where do you see the cafe? Where would you like it to go? And where would you like both your respective kind of journeys to go? Five years. Five years is a long time, uh, especially for Anita, I imagine, where, um, you know, we're, we're still fighting for her right to stay in this country um she's still in the asylum process which is heartbreaking and um unjust actually to be quite honest um so in five years time i would like anita to um be applying for her british passport having had her uh leave to remain which is a five uh, is it five years i think the next step for her is to be given leave to remain which would be five years so then after that you apply to become a british citizen um and 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 that would just be not only amazing for her and her son but also amazing for the uk because we have in front of us uh, a woman who has so much to give who is intelligent passionate strong committed valuable beyond words um, to our society, to the cafe, to Britain. Everything that Britain wants to be is embodied in this lady who's not been given her status yet, which is just heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, like for me, the, the, the TLC story has to include a, uh, Anita's passport, British passport, and and, and that suddenly that there's a future for her and her son um, in terms of the cafe, well, it's a five-year lease, so uh, we don't have massive ambitions to take over the world. We don't want to franchise. We don't want to build another one. Um, you know, I, I just think what we've got here is really special, and I want to nurture it and grow it and make it the best possible experience for everybody involved. That's volunteers, that's customers, that's staff, that's um, people behind the scenes helping make the podcast happen. You know, I just I want us to be an example of how we can create business that is just a, a vessel for good in every aspect um, that looks after people and, and helps people. Um, and that's five years. And then I'll be a mother of teen. We will yeah. be mothers so of I'm teenagers. I'm just thinking about wow. that. So for me, it would be a dream <laughs> that after five years, seeing my son coming to TLC even once a week and be a volunteer, I'm trying very hard to teach him that in life we have to help and uh, he really understands that. And I talked to him a lot about Toslav Coffee and he asks me and he says, have you been to Toslav Coffee today, mom? And I explained to him that how I feel when I come to Toslav Coffee. So, and he has said to me that when I grow up, I want to volunteer at Toslav Coffee. And I have said this. Yes. So I imagine myself in five years being here and seeing my son volunteer and helping other people. So that, yeah. So it's safe to say there's no Toslav Coffee without Anita. How can we and anyone listening maybe help um, Anita in a journey to stay here? Is there anything we can do? Is there anyone we can write to? Any MPs? Any petitions we can sign? We've done the petition thing when Anita and her son were in detention. That was uh, that was a big challenge. Four years ago, um, they were taken to a detention centre near Gatwick, ready to be um, forcibly removed, um, and we we you know, we we started a petition, which was not the reason by which uh, they were released and, and returned back to Leeds. But um, it, it, it helped her with her mental health. Um, 
knowing that people were with her and supporting her. So, so we, I think we'll, if, if it comes to that, uh, we, we will get some online presence going and, and any messages of support, you know, do not underestimate how important that is messages from strangers or from people that she knows saying, I'm thinking of you stay strong, you know, really, really helps. And again, that sense of isolation that people feel, you know, and my heart goes out to people who we haven't managed to reach out to, who are those people sitting in detention centers or sitting on planes being returned back to countries, which are not safe for them. Um, you know, it's just, it's just this game of cat and mouse. And, and unfortunately the cat is this, you know, that has, has all the advantage, all the system knows the system, you know, has the money behind it, has the power behind it. And then the mice are these, um, innocent human beings, you know, equal to us in every way, apart from whatever situation it is that they've had to escape and seek sanctuary somewhere else in the world because they're where this, the country in which they are resident is not safe for them anymore. And they have the right under the UN Declaration of Human Rights, they have the right to seek sanctuary. Um, and they're individuals and they don't have the network, they don't have the power, they don't have the connections, they don't have the money, they don't have the language. Um, but we're trying to reverse all of that. And, but if we win this battle and you get that piece of paper, is that final? So the, the real piece of paper that we want, the real confirmation statement we want from the Home Office is we believe you. Uh, we, be, we agree that you deserve to, to have sanctuary in the UK. And that is leave to remain for five years. So that's the first step. So you become a refugee once you have that leave to remain. Um, so at the moment, Anita's an asylum seeker, which means she's seeking asylum. She's she's asking, she's in this limbo waiting for uh, the Home Office to agree that she deserves sanctuary. She deserve, deserves asylum, although asylum has different connotations. So that's why I don't really like using the word asylum seeker. But she deserves sanctuary here. Um, the next step when that's a yes is five years leave to remain. And then after that, she's eligible to apply for British citizenship. Um, so... If anyone listening is a human rights lawyer or an immigration lawyer uh, who might offer pro bono, that's obviously really helpful. We're waiting to hear if um, the, the, the next step uh, involves legal aid and, um, you know, so, so we're, we're involved in that uh, on the legal side. But equally, you know, Mr. Home Secretary, if you're listening, we've got a fantastic person here who will be a huge asset to Britain. Just sign that form. <laughs> Just give her the chance to shine um you know prime minister please listen or if someone knows her or who knows who it will be by the time this podcast gets out but um you know take a break from brexit <laughs> sign the form you know really it um we're, we're just at that stage now where it just needs to be done it's just it, this game has been going on for too long um and and we're, we're sitting here with someone who it w would be who is already a huge asset to to our country um through tlc you know we know tlc is having a, hu a big impact last week i was given an award for um interfaith leadership in britain one of 21 people given this award you know that that award does, belongs to anita it should be both our names on that award. Um, you know, we are having an impact. We are making Britain uh, a better place. And, and so the least we can do is, is give her the right to stay here and, and build a, a proper home and a proper future for her and her son. Yeah, it's really, it's heartbreaking to think someone making such a valuable contribution to the community um, is being told that they're not a part of it. Um, so anything this podcast can do, anyone listening, um, please get in touch. Um, I think that's a nice moment to end on as well. 
Um, so thank you both. I'm looking forward to the next few episodes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast, Coffee Cup Conversations. If you're inspired by what you heard, come down and visit us and be part of the TLC story. And if you're too far away for that, it's not going to be long before the next episode comes out where we'll be talking with Lokesh about all things veganism, healthy eating, food and food waste in the UK. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at TLC Hair Hills and on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Toast Love Coffee. We've got our own website with blog posts and updates and pictures and videos, and that is toastlovecoffee.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Bye.